be seated. Well, if you will, take your Bibles. We'll be short this evening, unless the testimony time doesn't go very long, then I'll jump back in with some additional thoughts and turn to Philippians chapter number 1. A pastor really can't ever give a testimony. I mean, he can, but if I give a testimony about one person, then... I always feel like I've not done my job and I should give a testimony about every person. I have no earthly idea how I would give a a testimony about every person that's been a blessing to Jessica and I through so many years. Uh, And so I thought I would just give a testimony about you as a body, you as a church, as we talked about this morning. In Philippians chapter number 1, I probably could have gone to most epistles. I don't know that I would have gone to 1 Corinthians and given a good testimony from the early parts of that epistle. But I I probably could have gone to a good number of epistles and read Paul's introductory comments to the churches that either he had been at and wanted to come back to or churches that he wanted to go to that he had not been to yet. For example, the book of Romans, the book of Colossians. But Philippians is always, at at least from the earliest days and probably maybe year two or three, when I saw the work that God was building in the lives of the people here, and um, being a Kentucky-ish kid (laughs) growing up in Washington, D.C. my whole life, uh, the big city is not built for congeniality. Uh, It's not built for kindness. It's not built, it doesn't mean the churches there aren't. But it's not naturally given to that. And, and being here and planting a church here, I remember when I came, I had people say, why are you going to Kentucky? We all know why I would come to Kentucky, but they didn't. Know. There's plenty of churches there. And the answer is there's a lot of churches here, uh, but there wasn't any churches that I could see that were preaching the Word of God and doing a work in the community uh, making a, a difference uh, in the community, as the Bible tells us that we're supposed to. And so um, the product of what has, God has built here really, I think, is reflected here in Philippians. It is a joyous letter, Philippians is. It is a letter um, of great satisfaction in the heart of the Apostle Paul. Read with me the verses, and I'm going to pause as we go through and read some of them. Uh, with the thought in mind that this would be, if I could write something original that sounded this good, this would be what I would write about our church family down through verse number 11. The Bible says, Paul and Timotheus. So if you want to tonight, I could say Kyle. The servant of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Bluegrass with the bishops and the deacons, and I might add, all of the saints. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop and think about what the pastor, Paul, is saying. Any good shepherd worth his salt wants to make sure that the flock has freedom, that's grace, and that it has security. That is peace, meaning it can eat and it can feast and it can fellowship and it can do that without encumbrances from the world or their flesh or the sin. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, 
always, in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy. I I can tell you there's hardly a family that I can recall in my mind through 15 years that when I come through your names daily on the prayer list, I'm like, well, that's a rotten family. We don't have any. Stop and think about that. How many churches have you been a part of where you might know one or two or ten? <laughs> I can't think of one. And you say, well, you're saying that because it's Sunday evening and we we've, you know, are, are celebrating the work that's done. I, I, Jessica can be my witness. I can't think of one. There's not one that when we go home, I go, oh. There's people that I labor over in love, meaning I grieve with you if you're grieving. But when he says here, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always, he says, in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy. Notice why. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Notice what they were involved in is exactly what we're involved in, the gospel. And he says, legitimately, from the first day I set foot in Philippi. Do you you know the story of the Philippian church? You could go back to the book of Acts and you could study the story of the Philippian church. It's the story of when Paul and Silas get there, they're thrown into jail. And what do they find themselves doing in jail? Singing. Gates open. The jailer comes in and is ready to fall on the sword because he was certain that he had lost all of the prisoners. And Paul cries out, Sir, do yourself no hurt there in the book of Acts. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. I mean, who does that? What prisoners do that? And the answer is apparently Philippian prisoners or those that were under the power of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit at that moment. Paul and Silas are singing They're giving testimony of the good things that God had done by throwing them in jail. That jailer gets saved and others in the city certainly are saved. A work is done and a church is built. He says, your fellowship, the word fellowship here means participation in, engagement in, in the gospel from the first day until now. He says, being confident, verse number six, of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you, that's Christ, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, or until Jesus comes to rescue us. And boy, aren't we all longing for that day. It's a day that we hope for and anticipate. He says, I am confident that the same God who began the work in you at salvation will continue the work of sanctification in you. I have never doubted that. Oh, there might be times where we've seen sin. I I, I can tell you through the course of our church history, on occasions we've had to exercise church discipline, but it's always been in love. And people that know, those that have had to come under that know that I still love them. I try to reach out to them and still stay in contact with them. There is never an end to the love that we should have for the brethren. And he says, that, who, that one who began a good work in you will perform the sanctification process beyond that initial salvation process until Jesus comes to get us. Paul is saying this, and I would say this is very true in our midst as well. Verse 7, even as it is meet or appropriate for me to think this of you all. He said, I have cause. 
I have proof. I can demonstrate actually that this is true. Because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, ye are partakers of my grace. What grace was Paul part of? The grace of salvation, the grace of sharing Christ. That process, he said, what what I'm doing, you're doing, and I can prove it. Boy, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing as a pastor to know that everybody's pulling on the rope the same way. I have seen far too many churches dissolve or disintegrate, explode from within, because people have different ideas of which way the rope should be pulled. But it's a wonderful encouragement to know that in our church family, the staff, the deacons, the life stage leaders, the Sunday school teachers, all the way down to those that change the diapers in the nursery, all understand that what we're doing here is to glorify God. We're pulling the rope the same way. This is what Paul is saying in verse 7. He says in verse 8, For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Now that phrase, when I was younger, I used to laugh at. I just have to let you know, I've not always been a pastor. I did not know what the bowels of Jesus Christ were. In his gut? (laughs) The truth is, the word bowels here means the affectionate center of who we are. He says, essentially, for God is my record, how I, the pastor, I, Paul, I, the one who has led you to Christ and wants to lead you to a life full in Christ, I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Jessica can tell you, there's not a vacation that we don't go on somewhere in the, in the year that by the time we're done, we're like, man, we're looking forward to getting back to church and seeing everybody. It's just the way we are. It's just the way it is. It doesn't mean we don't enjoy the respite when we get it. But there is a longing for one another. It's literally that way on Sundays. The last couple of weeks coming home from camp. Ooh, camp and it's sickness. But coming home from camp. And Jessica had to stay home. She said, I just want to go to church. Why don't you stay home and I'll go? (laughs) Ah, It doesn't work out that well, does it? There's a longing to be here. I hope that's always true of you. It seems that way because sometimes we have to turn the lights out to run some of you out of here. It's a blessing. It's not a bad thing. You show up early to love and appreciate one another. You stay long because you love and appreciate one another. That's what a church family is. This is what Paul is talking about. We're talking about, I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may increase, may abound, yet more and more in what? Knowledge and, and in all judgment. In other words, knowing who God is and discerning what is wrong from what is right. That's what he's saying here. He said, look, this is my hope, this is my prayer, and this is my testimony to you all, that I love you and I long to be with you, but I also want you to know who God is, and I want you to always be able to judge right from wrong. Why? Verse 10. That ye may may approve things that are excellent. That is a word, especially those that are on staff, know I use often around here. We do not, now I'm going to be careful, I don't want to get doctrinally unsound. We do not strive for perfection in the sense of never making a mistake. We've made plenty of mistakes. We strive for perfection, which the biblical term means maturity. That's the perfection we strive for. But in the efforts of the church, that's why Pam gave a wonderful announcement tonight. We strive for excellence. 
What we do, if you're a ministry leader, if you're a servant in this church, if you are somebody that is a greeter, you should try to wear the most excellent smile you can wear. If you're the one that picks up the trash, we recently have had a change in the staff from who does the church cleaning. Kim Falter has done it since we moved into this building, and she's done an excellent job. Has anybody noticed that over the last month there's been a change in who's been cleaning the church or any drop-off? No, because the new young lady does an excellent job, don't you, Audrey? It's easy to explain how to do church work when you keep the terms biblical. Just be excellent. Is this excellent? I don't know, is it? What does the Spirit of God say in your heart? Is this the best you could teach? Is this the best that you could uh, go on visitation? Is the best that I could preach? Is this the best that I could... These are all questions I ask myself. And he says, the reason I long after you, the reason I enjoy your fellowship is because you're pursuing with passion the same Savior that I am pursuing, and that is with excellence. You may approve that which is excellent. That you may be sincere. Oh, how many hypocrites do we find? That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. We have been very fortunate. Even as we have grown, we have never had divisive schisms within the church. We've had disagreements. There have been times that there have been disagreements. There have been folks through the years who have departed bluegrass, and we love them. But in the process of it, we want sincerity without offense. That is, genuine faith exercised one towards another until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. What does it yield then? Our goal is that we would approve that which is excellent in the process of being sincere and not giving offense one to another, that you and I might be filled with the fruits of what Christ himself is, righteous. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. It's in that last vein, in that last phrase, that I would have a time of testimony on a night like tonight. Now, here's a couple rules, and I, I tried to set them out last Sunday morning, and I will beg again tonight. I do not want to hear testimonies about how great the preacher of this place is. But if you have a testimony about how wonderful another church member is, or somebody that's been an unbelievable blessing to your soul, you are welcome to share that. But when we give a testimony, we're praising God for who He is. We're praising God for how He has worked. Now, God working through people is the way that He operates. So, there's three microphones. And you know what? If I have to stand up here every Sunday with you all looking at me, you can... You can come give a testimony, I think. If not, we'll bring it to you. But you can come give a testimony here at the microphone. And Scott knows it's two, three, and four. You just come to the microphone, and when it's your turn, you go ahead and share. And then I'll close this here in about 15 or 20 minutes with one more thought from the book of Psalms uh, that uh, I think we can take home with us. All right, who would like to come first and be a testimony giver? Come ahead, Miss Debbie. You don't have to raise your hand. You just walk up the microphone. If anybody else wants to, now's the time. I have a 17-point message if you don't have any testimonies.
You gotta yell, Debbie. If you don't want to go, I'm going to bless you anyway, because that's just the way I am, okay? But that's my testimony for you. Yeah, I'm just grateful for this place. Um, I guess during COVID, I mean, this is the place that I needed to be, and my family found it just by God's grace. And um, I mean, Pastor Kyle, sorry, I'm not going to obey you uh, officially, but he's like no other pastor, and he's blessed me, and he's um, just been so good uh, for me and my girls and my future son-in-law. Um, it's just amazing, but I drive from South Lexington, and honestly, I don't always want to, I don't enjoy the drive, but when I get up here, just walking in these doors, it's amazing. Um, just, I never regret, um, once I walk in this place, there's just something different. Um, it's just there's real genuine Christians here that um, I know it's not the only church like this, but this is just this is home and it's what I needed for um, everything I'm still going through in my life. Then I I probably wouldn't I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have this church. Um, it's just been it's been amazing, and I just thank every one of you for. Uh, loving on me and my girls and on Alec because um, yeah I can't I can't thank you enough I love that guy right there Amen. Yeah. Um, wow thank you all this is going to be a, just a, a general thank you to this church in 2006 um, God was starting to work in my heart about church relationship per church personality 2008 15 years ago, got a door hanger on our door where we live, had a cute little picture of Jessica and Kyle, a couple attributes about the church, and God knows, God is at work, and uh, 
God was doing some things through that, through that little door hanger. For the next decade or a little longer, God would continue to, to work in my heart, working through some things, questions that I was having and observations that I was making. And all that kind of started coming to a head 2019, late 2019, going into 2020, going into that COVID time frame. And um, God led us here to Bluegrass. But the, and, and the only, only thing on that journey, the only church that stuck out was Bluegrass Baptist Church and that little door hanger. And I came in, talked to Pastor Kyle, and um, shared my heart. And as, as God would have it, he, he led us here. And it was a pivotal time. Our kids, our four kids, where they're at right now, are at four very different stages of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And where we are in our marriage is just that this timing is so beautiful to see God work and maneuver and orchestrate. And how you all, and you know who you are individually, who've been a blessing to each of our kids right where they are, right where they are, right where they needed it, and they've shared that with us. And um, I've just been so thankful for the relationship that you all have expressed to us, and individually to our kids, to my wife and I. I mean, goodness, in less than two years, my wife has had three serious surgeries. You all right there you love on us and you take care of us and that's the way I've watched it replicate over and over with anybody who has needs anybody um, with whatever comes up in their lives boom right away and I just love and thank God for you all and how you all bless us bless each other and it's real and we just pray that God would allow us this day as long as we can and just to continue to work in this. Thank you so much, church. Thank you, Kyle. We love you and Jessica so much, and we're just so grateful for um, what God has done these uh, these last three years. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, thank the Lord for this place, and uh, as Pastor touched on it, uh, in the passage of Scripture tonight, the sincerity of each of you. Um, I really hope I can get through this without crying. Um, and I'm not, so. Uh, I'm so grateful for all the outreach of um, folks that have told us that they're praying for cash. And uh, it's really easy to pray for a five-year-old. And uh, you guys have been such an encouragement to our family in just outreach to us and, and calling us or texting us just reaching out and asking, hey, how's he doing? What's the latest update? And I really appreciate the prayers for him. And it is the prayers of God's people and the object of our prayers that has sustained him, that's kept him alive, given him life, really given us all life. But um, just to see, and, and uh, it's just amazing to see the answered prayers. It's, it's wonderful to know that you're heard. It's wonderful to know that we pray to an almighty God that can do anything. There's nothing that he can't do. But to witness it firsthand, that is an overwhelming joy. That, Brent, that just, it's, it's awesome. And awesome's a really good word for it because our God is awesome. And we serve an awesome God, a wonderful God. And he has touched that little boy. You should see a little boy with tubes everywhere and still has a smile on his face. 
He probably has a smile on his face tonight, but it's covered up with a big mask that's helping his lung to inflate. Just all that he's went through. I thank God, and I thank this church that's been obedient to God's word and praying for others and bearing others' burdens. And uh, I'm just so grateful for this place. And this place is what it is because of the grace of God. And I got to stick it in there, even though he said don't say nothing. But it's good leadership, too. And I'm so thankful for our pastor. I had to stick it in there at the end. Speaking is not my best whatever you want to call it. Do you want to sing it? Uh, can I? <laughs> Singing wouldn't bother me a bit, but boy, talking. Because my mind always goes, well, my mouth goes faster than my mind does. So if I go around Robin Hood's barn a few times tonight, bear with me. I was going to say 23 years ago. It hasn't been that long. (laughs) It seems like it in my life. Um, Seven years ago. Seven. I got a call from my son. I lived up in Michigan, and he says, Mom, I worked at a college. He said, Mom, it's time for you to retire. I'm getting a house. I'll let you know when I have it. I'll send you the pictures. You can say yes or no, and we'll get you down here. Well, before that, I would visit him in Lexington on weekends every now and then. And we would come to church. I can't even remember which building it was in anymore. There was a fish. Yeah, that one. And I remember another one. Anyway, long story short, I'm digressing, and my mind is not picking up where my mouth is. Um, Anyway, I remember coming into that church, and it wasn't this big. And the atmosphere... You could feel God all over the place. I heard sermons that were from the Word of God. And I have to say, it was a long time before I heard a sermon from the Word of God. Because it was hard to find churches that showed you how to live through the word of God. And I should have known better. (laughs) I was older. Not as old as now, but I was older. But anyway, long story short again. um, I remember coming often when I would be down here and the love of the people. And the caring of the pastor, sorry, I'm going to throw that in, and Jessica, it just warmed my heart. And if I started 
naming of people that have blessed me. We'd be here for a while. God led me to this church for a reason I don't know. But I'm thankful the caring and the love that this church, the people, show to each and every person that comes in here is amazing. God is working. You can see it. And the smiles and the love. Thank you for everything you've done in my life. This will be just a little bit different than probably what you've heard as a testimony, but uh, my wife and I have been saved for over 50 years. And uh, just out of the service, just got home from Vietnam. And uh, we started attending a, a church, and we, our last two churches that we attended, there's a scripture in Peter where it talks about where the enemy can come in stealthily. Okay, and the Greek word is parasexusin, which means truth mixed with error. And we had been in this just two churches for a lengthy period of time. One was a, really a good move of God. It really did, did great. And then we moved to Lexington, and we got involved with a similar church. But we began to see things, and I began to do research. I have tubs in my upstairs closet. Those stories tubs, I had four of them at one time, full of articles and, sto- and written accounts and that I was researching. And uh, we would begin to question things that we were seeing. And the more research I'd do, the more questions that I would have. And it got to the point that I was politely asked to go find some other church. So we tried another church. And we were there for a year or two or whatever, if you remember the exact time. We began to see things there. As I had grown, I began to see things quicker. And uh, it's a difficult thing when you mix truth with error. It's the most deadly kind of, of situation to be in. And uh, enough truth mixed with enough error, you just want to hang on. Because where else are you going to go? And uh, so we were probably asked to leave when we saw that it wasn't going to go anywhere. So for about two years during the COVID in that time period, uh, we just couldn't find a church. We would go visit churches. But I had learned enough over the time and years that the, the warning signs pop up pretty quick. And uh, so I, I still continue to do, do research, continue to do those things. But uh, we just couldn't find a church. We would go to this church, we go to that church, and we just wouldn't fit. So finally we said, we just gave up and said, okay, we're going to pray. So we really began to pray. And, of course, my wife, she's the leader. She's one. That's what we're going to do. Okay. And someone come knocking on our door and handed us pamphlet. So we didn't come right immediately. We started watching you on YouTube. And the more we watched, said, yeah, I think we can go there. And I just wasn't too long ago. We were leaving church. I knew we were in the right place. My wife said, I'm content. We knew we were in the right place. And everyone has been so welcoming to us. 
this has been a refuge for us. We were out in the cold, nowhere to go, nowhere to find fellowship until we came here. We've never been asked, what can you do for us? It's always been, what can we do for you? And we appreciate that. Thank you. Anybody else have a testimony they want to give? Come ahead, Ethan. I almost went to a corner one because there's less people over there. Um, I've grown up in this church uh, all my life. I've never been to a different church. I've never gone anywhere else. And you know, My mom, of course all moms probably say this, but my mom always told me that I had a kind heart for others and love toward others. And I, I always used to just sit there and, and think, like, where did I get that from? Because I never really knew or never really thought about it much. Uh, but I, I did, I sit, sat there and think, and I, and I finally realized that it's not just one place that I got it from. It's so many different people and so many different ways that God has just put into my life. Uh, my mom, my dad, pastor, everyone in this church, um, this church, as every church should be, is about the people and how they are open toward each other and how they uh, treat each other like family. And that's that's what you guys are to me, and that's what every church should be. Uh, everyone in here has taught me that, you know, others are their needs are above yours. And so I just want to thank this church and everyone in my lives and everyone that has reached out to me and blessed me. Uh, I want to thank you. I'd like to give a testimony about the ladies in this church. Uh, We've been here for seven years, and of course everyone has things that happen in your life all the time. And any time I have anything in my life that I need counseling on or someone to pray with or just encouragement or anything, there's always someone in this church that I know I can reach out to, whether it's a lunch with Debbie or Marianne or going to talk to Pat or going to Jerry's house and bothering her. Just, just so, I mean, I can name everybody in here probably. I probably bothered you all. But, um, but I just really appreciate that. I know that if I ever need counsel or that prayer or just that encouragement, there's always a lady here that is ready to do that. And I'm sure the men are like that too, but I don't go to you. So but the, the, the ladies are, there's just a wonderful group of ladies that I learned from, and um, I hope that I can be like that for another lady as well. But it's really an encouragement. Hey, uh, I know I made the presentation to Kyle and, and Jessica and, and stuff, but... Um, I do always, anytime there's an opportunity to give a testimony, um, my parents taught me we should be thankful and we should express that gratitude. And so um, Kyle said not to make this about him, and then Ethan mentioned about it, uh, the church being a family. So as a family member, I'm not going to say anything good about Pastor um, right now. Uh, This is about the church, uh, but I, I appreciate... Um, the people in our, in the church, your um, your faithfulness and your attendance and your encouragement uh, to us 
my wife and my children is, is almost as important as the messages that are given. And so if you, if you think, um, I think Jason mentioned this, right? Sometimes it's hard to make that drive in the church. If, you think, if, if you're considering that and you're thinking, man, I'm not, I don't feel like going today, you, you may be missing out on the opportunity to encourage or be a blessing to someone else in the church. Um, we, we've talked about this since I've been coming to church here about the church being a body. And it's hard for a body to function uh, when it's missing a limb uh, or when it's uh, sick. And so you're a, a member of this body here at this church. And I just want to encourage you, when you have the opportunity to be here, when you have the opportunity to give a testimony, you never know the words that you speak or the encouragement that you give, how that may impact somebody that's struggling in their life. And so I appreciate all the people in this church who come up and speak to me and encourage uh, and teach in our church. So just thank you to the Bluegrass Baptist Church. I, there's one last thing I think to address. Uh, I've been associated with Christian ministry for about 38 years. I've served in seven churches in that time. Um, and there's never been a place like this. I count myself very fortunate that 10 years ago I was in London, England, working with a missionary there to start a church. And of course I knew the, the Fannin family. I'd known them very well in a previous church down in Virginia. Uh, and I'd been in London for three years. I was thinking, my work here is done. I need to make a decision about what I'm going to do next. And the next day, I got an email from Pastor Kyle saying, hey, uh, if you're thinking of what you're going to do next, um, I got a job for you. And I think I replied immediately and said, funny you should mention that. Uh, best thing that happened to me. Um, in all my life, I can't believe that God has brought me to this place where from the seven churches I've been associated with, I've never found anything like this, something very special. And I mention that often from the pulpit, so I won't belabor that point. But I did want to say that what makes the ministry here special and a large part of what makes this the amazing place it is, is that the, the pastor uh, is not a pastor on his own. He has the perfect pastor's wife. I've known a lot of pastor's wives in my time. And there's never been anyone quite like Jessica. She is very quiet, as you know. She's always in the background. But a large part of the success, that's the wrong word, of the goodness that has happened here and God's blessing here uh, is because of the pastor's wife. The support she is to him and to us. And so I wanted to acknowledge that this evening. God bless you. I don't, get, I don't give many testimonies. I do have a few notes because uh, I forget sometimes what I want to say. But it's amazing to Pat and I, 
uh, to see what God has really given to the pastor. And he said not to talk about him, but Pat said I had the authority to do that, that I was allowed to do that. So, I mean, if you would have known him like we did before he went into the ministry, I remember when uh, he said he was going to go into the ministry, Pat and I kind of said, huh? And then when he said, I'm going to marry Jessica, Pat and I said, well, should we tell her about him? And, uh, but anyway, um, just a short testimony about this church and about, I really, I've had friends all my life, but I've never had close friends. And it's like Mike and Roger and I, we go to lunch every, twice a month. And it's uh, like Bob and I, Bob and I always team up and go out on visitation together. But I've never, I've had friends, but never had really close friends like that. And that's what we have here. I remember uh, about the pastor when he was in high school, uh, Gil Hansen, the pastor, or the, the um, uh, principal, yeah, the principal of the school that we were in back there, he called me twice in one week. He called me once, he said, I want permission to give Kyle Big Red. Well, you know what Big Red was, that was a paddle. And I said, well, Gil, what did he do? Well, he hit a guy. And I said, really? He said, yeah, he was protecting his friend. That's just the way he was. Got a call, the, that was on Monday, got a call on Friday. Gil says, uh, Brother Franklin, I want permission to give him, a, give him three licks with Big Red. And I said, well, what did he do? He said, he was running on the back of the, he and two other boys were running on the back of the, the, the uh, church's pews. They were just running, stepping on the back of them. And I said, have at it, because when, when he gets home, he's going to get three more. And it just lets you know that uh, Pat and I have prayed so much for Carl. We're proud of him. We're proud of this church. And uh, I dragged my family all over the country with my job because they would make me move every four years. And I was going to have them in Ohio. I had them in Indiana. I had them in Kentucky. I had them in Washington, D.C. And uh, But uh, God is, uh, he's prevailed all to- in every situation because he's been with Carl the whole way. So I just thank you. I think I'm on. Is that it for this evening? It's good timing. You guys are even a perfect church in that. You ended just on time. The teens aren't going to be upset with me. Um, they get all their class time in the back. The psalmist said this in Psalm 66 and verse 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. That's what you've done tonight. And many of you who probably would like to have given a testimony, but your saner side beat your braver side in coming to a microphone. May I say to you, our responsibility as Christians is to always thank God for what he's done. It's always to extol with our tongues his beauty, his majesty, his might, but most importantly, his person and his salvation. The very next verse in that psalm says this, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, or truly, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. That is very true of this place. I hope... After my testimony this morning, I'm here for a hundred more years, just in case you all say that. Now you said, hope, I I plan on being here for as long as I can physically do it. I am thankful for what God is doing, but most importantly, I am thankful for who God is. That is the joy of serving Him. 
He's an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, eternal, immutable God who cares specifically for you. That's a pretty amazing thought. Father, help us as we close our thoughts tonight. We thank you. Lord, may we have been careful today not to praise man, but to praise you. But you have allowed us in, the, in your word in praising your work through other individuals. Help us to always be a church that is sensitive to others. As we read this morning from Galatians 5.13, may we by love serve one another. That means to surrender and to submit our wills and our work for one another. That is a successful church body. Help us, O Lord, to glorify you this week as we depart into the world in which we live. It will be a fight. I pray that these, your people, put on your whole armor and prepare to do battle with their flesh, the world, and the old devil himself. We ask for your grace, mercy, peace, and joy as we depart. In Jesus' name, amen.